the Public News Service Daily Newscast, February the 17th, 2023. I'm Mike Clifford. Proposed changes to election policy are on the table in South Dakota, and they are drawing sharp opposition from local officials. At issue is whether the state should limit the scope of early voting. Yesterday, a House committee advanced a Republican-led plan to reduce the number of early voting days from 46 to 30. The bill would also eliminate no-excuse absentee voting, with only certain exceptions allowed, and drop boxes would be outlawed. Harding County Auditor Kathy Glines was one of several local election administrators who testified against the measure. Appearing remotely, she questioned why the state needs to change options that appear popular with voters. We don't see complaints on the 46 days. I guess it's been unclear to us as to why we think we need to shorten that window. The bill's sponsor argued that the longer voting period is a burden on administrators and creates opportunity for fraud. But he acknowledged no serious issues prompted the plan, instead citing anecdotal concerns from his constituents. I'm Mike Moen. That bill now heads to the House floor. Citizens, states, and environmental groups from New Mexico and across the U.S. have weighed in on tougher rules to govern pollution from the oil and gas industry and now await a final plan from the Environmental Protection Agency. Oil and gas operators waste over $500 million worth of gas on public lands every year, according to a report by the Environmental Defense Fund and Taxpayers for Common Sense. Autumn Hanna with the Taxpayers Group says almost 300 advocates in 33 states and 110 organizations testified in support of stronger methane rules. We have an opportunity to update the rules that govern federal oil and gas operations, and we can strengthen those rules so that we can capture that gas without these wasteful practices. The EPA released its proposed supplemental rule for methane last November. I'm Roz Brown. Now, some national headlines. First from CNN, President Biden Thursday said the U.S. has no indication the three objects shot down in North American airspace are tied to China's spy balloon program and are likely from private entities. And for the New York Times, a special grand jury investigating election interference by former President Trump said it saw possible evidence of perjury by one or more witnesses who testified before it. Also from the Times, newly disclosed messages and testimony from some of the biggest stars and senior executives at Fox News reveal they privately expressed disbelief about Donald Trump's false claims that the 2020 election was stolen. The messages also show such doubts extended to the highest levels of Fox Corporation, with Rupert Murdoch, its chairman, calling Trump's voter fraud claims really crazy stuff. This is Public News Service. Broadband Internet is increasingly seen as a necessity, but many rural Arkansas communities still lack high-speed broadband service. Arkansas ranks 49th among states for Internet accessibility, according to the website Broadband Now. AARP Arkansas State Director Ashley McBride says the digital divide was exposed during the pandemic, so the state has implemented a series of programs to increase online access. She says the legislature joint budget committee has also allocated some pandemic relief funding to help provide broadband access to some rural communities. They approved the State Department of Commerce's request to use $53.3 million in federal American Rescue Plan funding for eight broadband grant projects. Uh, The proposed broadband grant projects are in Ashley, Baxter, Chico, Clark, Columbia, Hot Spring, Logan, Lone Oak counties. 
McBride says more funding will come from the bipartisan infrastructure law, which includes a $65 billion investment. Eligible seniors can get up to $30 a month off their Internet service bill or $75 a month if they live on tribal lands. And with the rise of digital device use, more people are expressing concern about exposure to blue light. While blue light is around us daily as part of sunlight, artificial sources of blue light from device screens are often adding hours of exposure after dusk. Experts recommend heavy users take periodic breaks from device screens by using the 20-20-20 rule, which is a 20-second break every 20 minutes to look at something 20 feet away. Dr. Bryce St. Clair with the Wilmer Eye Institute at Johns Hopkins says the concern over blue light is exaggerated, but that it can impact sleep in some people. Blue light, we know, will signal your brain to stay more stimulated. Some people will say when they are on a phone or on a laptop before bed that they stay awake longer than usual. And we know there's evidence to suggest that affects circadian rhythms mildly. Brett Pivato reporting. Finally, our Deborah Van Fleet lets us know the first of four training sessions is coming up March 6 and 7 in Springfield on preparedness to help individuals with disabilities survive a disaster. According to the program director, David Whalen from Niagara University, emergency management access and functional needs disability awareness training is appropriate for an eclectic mix of people. He encourages anyone in emergency management or in government or social services organizations to attend. Whalen says the need for this training has been proven time and again. In pretty much every disaster that's occurred in this country over the last 20 years, the number one demographic that dies in these disasters are people with disabilities. This is Mike Clifford, and thank you for wrapping up your week with Public News Service. Member and listener supported. Here are some interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.